Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast, where we're committed to helping you know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. Let's get to today's message. We are wrapping up this series, and this is a series that uh, I commit to do every year because I think there's a lot of confusion in particular around the third person of the Trinity. And I realize that word Trinity is not anywhere in your Bible, but the three persons that make up who God is are all throughout Scripture. We, we see from the very beginning uh, in the Genesis account that the Spirit of God hovered above the waters. And in John 1, 1, it says that everything was made through Jesus and by him and for him, and nothing was made without him, right? So, so God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. But there's, we know the Father and the Son because a lot of us are fathers or at least have a father, and a lot of us are sons or at least ha- understand that relationship. But the Spirit is one of the most misunderstood persons. And so we've been spending the time in this series to understand him. And we've also done that in tandem with our 21 days of prayer, which just wrapped up. Today is technically day 22, and I just have one word about that. Uh, the, these uh, journals, these, these uh, study guides that are uh, 30-day guides, they're still available today. Today will be the last day to pick one of these up. If you want to continue with us, they're, they're uh, on your way out. You can grab them off the table. Uh, but, but we do this in tandem with this series uh, or with this, this time of prayer, this 21 days of prayer, to kind of stir up our spiritual lives. We come out of the summertime, and it's, it's that slump, right? We kind of get disrupted schedules, and let's get back to it. And so that's what we've been doing and focusing on and, and, and really just understanding everybody's on a spiritual journey, and it's our responsibility to attend to that spiritual journey. Amen, everybody? It's our responsibility. So the key verse we've been looking at in this series is from Zechariah 4. Uh, Zechariah was a prophet in the Old Testament, and he was talking about how God would move in the earth because it was going to be very, very different the way God would move in the earth uh, in, in, in the days to come than in the days that he had so far. And so Zechariah says this, he said to me, this is the word of the Lord. That in other words, what God is going to do is not going to be by, by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. In other words, God is what God wants to do in these end days has nothing to do with your ability or your skills or any kind of power that you have, but by the power of his Holy Spirit that he wants to put inside of you. Okay, I'll try preaching over here. God wants to do something. He's got something for us. He wants to put his spirit inside of us and to empower us. Our lives were never meant to be lived under our own power and under our own strength. God always designed us to be in union, to be in harmony, to be in relationship with him and to be filled and to live by his spirit. Now that word spirit there is the, uh, the Hebrew word ruach. In the New Testament, the, a different word is used and it's, a, it's the word pneuma. It's the Greek word pneuma. But, but each of these words, what they translate to really isn't a word. It's more of, a, of like a, a, a sound and it's it's breath. That's what those words literally translate to. But if we had to put a word to it, they, they call it the wind or the breath of God. And so, so this, this word spirit says, this will be by my breath, that I'm going to breathe some life into you. And that, that when I breathe that, that wind, that force, which you cannot see, but you can most certainly feel is going to move you and cause you to go places you could not go without me. Mm, that gets me excited. Because there's more to this Christian walk than just saying yes to Jesus. There's a power that's available to us to live our lives. So it's why it's important 
It's why it's important you understand who the Holy Spirit is, especially in seasons like this that we're in, guys, because I don't want to scare anybody, but I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that all them prophecies about what the end time is going to look like, they're, they're fulfilled already. I don't know what we're waiting on. That's what I'm trying to say. I, I don't know what the, what's left to accomplish, although I do know that, that in the Bible it tells us that God is delaying in his return so that more people can come to faith in Christ. That's why he's delaying. He's waiting for more people. So today could be your day. Today, maybe it could be the people in this room that just need to say yes, and we're on out of here. You don't know. You don't know. You're laughing, but you don't know. It could be today. It could be tomorrow. Definitely see that happening. But we need to, in this season, we need to know all about the Holy Spirit. We need to know what God has intended for our lives. We need to know. It's important for us. Week one, that's why we talked about what does spirit-filled prayer look like? What does that look like to, to pray filled with the Spirit? If you missed that message, make sure you listen to that. Week two, we talked about being filled with the Spirit. You know, the disciples who walked with Jesus walked with him for three years, and they still needed to be filled with the Spirit. They were trained with him. They spent time with him day in, day out. And yet, Jesus said, hey, go and wait for the Spirit, because then the Spirit will give you the power to do what I want you to do in the first place. They needed to be filled, and we need to be filled as well. And then week three, last week I was out ministering at another church, but Pastor Kyle, she tore it up in here. Do you all appreciate her ministry? And uh, uh, I'll tell you, the, the thing that I heard the most is, so Kyle, when you, when you talk to Kyle, uh, she, she's all put together. She knows what she's doing. She knows what her life is all about. And some of you all mistakenly feel like she's perfect. All I'm saying is, is she got real honest and real real and real raw last week. And the comments that I heard were, we are so thankful because we look at somebody like her and we admire her. She's an inspiration to us, but it's so, so life-giving to hear that she doesn't have it all together just like me. Yeah, girl. And so I'm, really, I'm just really proud of you, Kyle. Thanks. You did an incredible job last week. She talked about living a, that, that what the Holy Spirit wants to do is create a spirit-shaped life within you, that, that the Holy Spirit wants to put a spirit of holiness within you. And so you can go back and listen to that. Today, today I want to talk to you about why you're here. In fact, I want to define that a bit because I, I believe that what we need most in our lives today is we need to understand why we are here. We need to give life meaning and we need to understand our purpose. It's more important than you can realize. It really is. Because there's a lot of people walking around in life, they don't know why they're here. They think they're an accidental clump of cells that evolved and kept evolving over millions and billions of years, and then you just accidentally popped out and you're a human, and now you're just accidentally here and you're wandering around and you don't know why. There's no real rhyme or reason to it. You're just here. And th that couldn't be further from the truth. It is just not true that, that you have no purpose, that your life is meaningless. You're not here by accident. And if you feel that way, I totally understand. There's a whole lot of confusion about, about our lives. There's a whole lot of confusion about our purpose. In fact, there's a whole lot of Christians walking this earth today that don't know why they're here either. They, well, I, I'm a Christian and I've accepted salvation and I'm going to heaven, but they don't know what else there is for them. So I'm here to help you today. I want to help all of us today. So I want to talk to you today as we wrap up this series specifically about spiritual giftings. Now, there are lots of misunderstandings about spiritual giftings. One of them is, and this is a very popular idea, is that spiritual giftings have ceased. 
There's an idea called cessationism. And it's Christians who believe that the power of God was available to do things, but only back in the Bible times. That since then, the Spirit of God has stopped operating in this world. Now, if that's happened, y'all need to go and find the people that I've laid hands on the sick of that have recovered and tell them, because they don't seem to know that. They're out getting healed is what I'm trying to say. God's still doing it. We need to tell them God doesn't do that anymore. Wrong. God does. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen, everybody? And he is still in the miracle business today. His spirit is still working. I want to be very, very clear about that, that I disagree with the cessationalists that say that God's not on the move. He still is on the move. In fact, Jesus said this about his disciples. He's talking about you. He's talking about those of you that would follow him. He said this about you. He said that greater works than I do, you will do. So when you, when you get to the end of the book of John, John says this. He says that if all the works were recorded of Jesus, when all, were written in books, it'd be, it'd be pot high. And Jesus said, you're going to do greater, Vanetta. You're going to do greater than what he did. If you're a disciple of Christ, that's what he says is going to happen to you. That, that means the power of God is going to be at work in you still today. That same power that was needed to transform their lives then is needed to transform lives today. Paul had to help people understand this too. And he's the, he's the one who went around planting all these new churches amongst the non-Jewish people. In 1 Corinthians 12.1, he wrote to them and said, Now about the, spiritual, or about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. And I'm just here like Paul. I just want to try to help you. I don't want you to be uninformed. I want you to understand all about spiritual gifts. So let me start here. Let me help you understand a few things. First is you need to know that God is good. God's good. He's a good father. Some would say he's a good, good father. (laughs) You're welcome for that earworm. But you know what? Like every good father, you know what they like to do? They like to give gifts. I, I like to give, to give gifts to my kids. I also like to receive gifts. And our Heavenly Father has three gifts specifically for each and every single one of us. Once he's going to give to all of us, to, to all of us, no matter who we are. And the first gift that God has for each and every single one of us is eternal life. It's eternal life. Like that's a given, Right? That's the one that you know about. That's the one that when you come to faith in Christ and you choose to place your hope in him, that you now have eternal life. You have forgiveness. And, and most of you in here know about that. You've received that gift. there, But there are some of you in here, you haven't. You haven't received that gift. You're like, no, I'm not really sure that's for me. And I'm insisting on carrying the weight of my sins myself. And I'm going to pay for them myself, which means that we'll, you're going to live in separation from God until you choose to let Jesus, who paid for your sins, to take them. He paid, the price has already been paid. You don't have to. But, but some of you have, are just refusing to receive that and refusing to open that gift. But let me tell you what happened. Jesus saw the condition of our lives. And in Romans 6.23, it says that he understood that the wages of sin is death. So that all of us, because of our sinfulness, we were going to experience death. Death in every area of our lives here on earth. And then the eternal death, which is the eternal separation from God. He said, but the gift of God is eternal life. There's that word gift. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So Jesus steps in. He pays that price for us, right? 
because he didn't have to. He wanted to. He chose to do that. Why? Because God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever would believe in him should not perish but have eternal life. That's the gift. He loved us so much that he gave us that gift. Paul goes on to say why we were actively sinning against him. Jesus died for us. And I love that. I love that. It's not, it's not that he said, hey, man, can I pay this price for you? Hey, man, can I go ahead and pay your bill? And he waited on us to say yes or no. He said, I'm just going to go ahead and pay it, whether you accept it or not. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go ahead and pay it so that we can be adopted into a spiritual family and join him in heaven for eternity. My God, he's so good. He's so good. You say, well, how? How is that supposed to happen? Paul answers that question in his letter to the Ephesians. He says in chapter 2, verse 8, for it's by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourself. It's the gift of God. Now, it's the best, and it's the first gift that God has to offer every single one of us. It's the best one. Some of you still need to open that gift. You've got an opportunity to do that at the end of service today. It's free for you, but it costs him everything. It costs him everything. And we don't receive it because we deserve it. We receive it despite our worth. We receive it despite whether we deserve it or not. That's what grace is, by the way, right? It's, a, it's something you get that you don't deserve in the first place. Thank God. Mm, thank God indeed. You're just a simple prayer away from receiving that gift. The next two gifts are separate gifts. And they're intended to help you have a full and fulfilled life here on earth till we get to heaven. And the second gift is the Holy Spirit. This is what we've been talking about this week. This is, this is the second gift. It's intended for everybody. And in fact, we talked about it a lot in week two. Jesus said this, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, which, is, which John was saying, repent. Repent and turn to God. Put your faith in him. That, that's that first gift of salvation. But in a few days, you will be baptized, you'll be immersed in, you'll be filled with the Holy Spirit. And they would be filled so they could live a Spirit-empowered life. And that's for you, too. In fact, I would challenge you this, that, that if you've walked through this series and you're like, Aaron, I really want to know more about living a Spirit-filled life, I'll tell you the best group to sign up for is our Freedom Group. Our Freedom Group uh, is, is going to be on Monday nights. And I'm going to tell you something. You want a deep dive on what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life, that's the place to do it. Get into a freedom group. In fact, freedom group is the one group that I recommend everybody go through at least once. At least once. So, so look at the freedom groups and dive in, man, because God has more for you. The third gift, which is what I want to talk about today and spend the rest of our time talking about, which, by the way, there is a study done that says that more than 80% of Christians have not opened this third gift. They have no idea what it is. They, they haven't received it. It's not that God hasn't given it. They're just kind of scared. They take a step back. And they're like, ah, I'm not so sure that this is for me. They don't, they don't know what it is. They don't operate in it. And that is their spiritual giftings. That is a hard number for somebody as a pastor to hear. That 80% of Christians have no idea how God has gifted them. They don't know what their spiritual gift is, and therefore, they don't operate in it. it. means they're not using every bit that God has given them, actually even the best bit that God has given them within the body of Christ to make a difference in the world. That breaks my heart. And it's so important for success in your personal life, and it's so important that we understand this because it's mission critical for your spiritual life. 
It's so important. Paul said this in Romans 12. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. Now, those two words, that word gift and that word grace, the first one, gift, is the word uh, charisma, okay? It's that, that's the Greek word charisma. And the second word, grace, is the word charis. Well, they're basically the same word. They just translated them into two different words. Why? Because a grace gift is just that. It's a gift that is given to you that you don't deserve. But it also is a special grace that is put on your life. It's a grace that is put on your life to do something significant that you could not do on your own. It's a grace, grace gift is exactly what it is. We don't deserve it, but God gave it to us. Meaning when you do it, this thing that when you engage in it, it's something you feel like, man, I was meant to do this. Anybody relate? Anybody on our dream team relate? You understand that when, I, when you serve in the role that you're in, you're like, man, I was meant to do this. I was meant to do this. Like I have a grace gift of speaking in front of people. For some of you, being up here in front of people would terrify you. It just scares you to death, but I'm not scared. I'm up here, and I do it. I actually prefer to do it up here rather than in small groups because that's not my gift. I have a hard time with, with making small talk, and you'll, you'll see I'm awkward. Get me out in the lobby. I'm really awkward. I'm there. I'm present. I want to know you, but I'm awkward. But not my wife. Now, my wife, she'll take the challenge, and she'll be up here, but this is not her jam because it's not her grace gift. It's harder for her to do. This is easy for me to do. Do you know what her gift is? She, she, she'll make you feel like the most important room, uh, excuse me, the most important person in the room. That's her gift. That's why we put her out front there at that, that uh, the, the welcome center and at the connect center because she's just got a gift. Somebody said about her once, you know, you make me feel like I'm your best friend even though I know I'm not. <laughs> That's her gift. That's her grace gift. But for me, I don't flow in that. It's it's hard for me. I got to work at it. I got to work at it. I'm not saying I don't do it because it's hard. I do it. I get out there and I love people and I talk with people, but it's just a little harder for me. It doesn't come as natural for me. I don't have that grace gift. She's got it. Some of you have a grace gift for kids. I don't have that. No, no, don't misunderstand me. It doesn't mean I can't stand on the stage and entertain them and, you know, do the things that I do. I was a kid's entertainer for many, many years. That's not what I mean. I mean, there is somebody whose eyes... Their heart is just full when they see a kid get connected and finally understand God's love for them. There is somebody that has a grace gift that is just passionate about that. I struggle, but they don't because to patiently love and to teach is their grace gift. It's their grace gift. And they, when they do it, they make it look so easy. But for me, I, I just want to pull my hair out. It's a grace gift on your life. You do it with such grace that you make it look easy. You know, we've got a whole team full of compassionate people here on our community support team. They are coaches and counselors and caseworkers, people that, that understand humanity, understand the, need, the human needs. And they've got a much softer touch than I do when it comes to dealing with people in some of the darkest moments of their life. And I thank God that we have them because I'm like, you know what? Let me tell you how to fix that. There's five steps and I'll give them to you right now and I'll fix you, okay? And, and our community support team is like, hey, come on in. Let me share the story. Let me listen. Let me sit with you in this for a bit. We're gonna give you some steps to go through, but I want you to know that it's gonna be okay. Oh my goodness, the grace that is upon their lives is just not on mine because I'm gonna fix you. 
And yes, I think our, I know our community support team is there to help them, but they do it in a way that I don't have the grace for. And I'm thankful for them. Different parts of the body have different giftings, y'all. Different grace gifts that are upon them. We all have a grace gift that is on our lives that when you find out what it is, it will define everything about your life. I'm, I'm way more excited than you all are about this today. Let me say it like my favorite pastor, Chris Hodges, says it. He says, a spiritual gift is a special supernatural ability that God gives to each of his children so that together, everybody say together. together. Yeah, it's together. It's not you off on your own doing your own thing. It's all of us together. We can advance his purposes in the world. Now, that's God's hope for his church. You know that? It's not so that we have good services and sing kumbaya and love each other here in this building and then leave. That's not, that's not what it's about. He's not hoping for a spiritual moment once a week. He's hoping that we get connected with and operate in our giftings so that when we leave this place, we walk our lives with purpose, making a difference every moment of every single day, having those spiritual moments throughout the week, not just on Sunday, every day, every hour. It's why we need to discover what our gifts are all about. Do you know all of hell is counting on you not knowing your gifts? They're counting on the fact that you are distracted. We are distracted by our screens, by our notifications. We are distracted by the, by the entertainment and the amusements of our life. Do you know what happens when you put the letter A in front of a word? It means that it doesn't exist. Musing means thinking. We are an amused people, which means we are sitting around doing a lot of not thinking. You gotta pay attention, y'all. We are distracted, we are amused, we are entertained. And because of that, we are disconnected. A lot of us are hurting and doing nothing about it. A lot of us are tired and not changing any of the patterns in our lives. And he's counting on us to be distracted, hurting, tired. He's counting on us. Because if we're in those spaces and there's pain in our lives, we won't take the steps that it's necessary to discover why we're here. And if we do, we certainly won't do anything about it. Satan's hope that is, is that if you go to heaven, you go having never discovered why you're here on this earth, never connecting with that gift. Therefore, you, you never take anybody to heaven with you because you never made a difference here on earth. Here's how this played out in the Old Testament. You know, in the Old Testament, they had these special people called priests. And priests had special opportunities, special abilities, and they, would, they were the ones that would go into the Holy of Holies. So the, the, the temple had three, three places, the outer court, the inner court, had the holy place and the Holy of Holies. And, and, and the priests would go in there, and they would listen to God, and then they would come out and tell everybody what God said. And God... There was only special people that got to do that. And God found fault with this, this, this process. So this is not sufficient. I don't want to just speak to priests. I want to speak to everybody. And so God knew the way to do that was for all of us, all of us to be declared holy. Well, how did he do that? Through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. All of us were made clean. His spirit could now dwell inside of us instead of in this temple where one person could go. Jesus came along and he flipped all that. It wasn't special people anymore 
that were doing God's work. It was uneducated fishermen. It was prostitutes and tax collectors. It was people with problems, people with failures, people with chips on their shoulders, people with mental health struggles. This is who Jesus opted to put into his church and build that foundation on it. <laughs> That's what Jesus did. Changed everything. And he trained them for three years. And then after he left, or after he died 50 days later, the Holy Spirit was given. And it wasn't just 12 disciples that the Holy Spirit fell on that day. It was everybody, everybody who believed in Jesus received the Holy Spirit. And Peter, who, by the way, thought he was pretty special on the day of Pentecost, the day that the Holy Spirit was given, he realized this doesn't have anything to do with me. I'm not as special as I thought. That the priesthood that God had always intended was for every single person who had faith, not just a single special person. And, and Peter is reminded on the day of Pentecost of what the prophet Joel had said in the Old Testament about these last days. He says this, and Peter's quoting Joel. He says in Acts 2, verse 17, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. It's not just special people anymore who get this. It's every single person. All believers would be the carriers of God's spirit. Oh, and by the way, it wouldn't just be a male thing. Let me just speak to all you churches that think it's just for your men to be in leadership and your men to have the Holy Spirit and the women to submit. Good luck with that. That's not <laughs> biblical. It is a mutual submission, y'all. I don't have time to teach that now. That's just free for you, but let me just kind of go ahead and stoke the fire a little bit. Huh. Mm. Make me go there. I'll go there. Shut this whole thing down. He says, I'll pour my spirit out on all people. And watch this, and this is how we know it isn't just for the men. He says, your sons and daughters will prophesy. Do you know what that word prophesy means? It means declare or proclaim the word of God. And this is what God's saying. Sons and the daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. The church was born that day, right? The Holy Spirit empowered them, gave them all that they needed, transformed them. Everybody, everybody got involved. Now fast forward a few hundred years. From this moment, where everybody realizes everybody's supposed to be involved. You know what happens? We get right back to the priesthood of one. We get right back to having pastors. In fact, what we stop calling pastors, pastors, and we start calling clergy. Which, by the way, that clergy word is not anywhere in the Bible. But it means one who reads. In other words, there's a guy who's going to read the Bible, and he's going to show up on Sunday, he's going to tell everybody what that Bible says. You're not supposed to read the Bible. I'll read it for you. I'll tell you what it says. Right? We go back to this same model. And it was, it was when Martin Luther showed up. Martin Luther showed up and said, we can't have this clergy and then lay people. Or the laity, right? Because you know what lay people do? Nothing. They're just laying around. They, they, they don't get involved. That's what a lay person is. They're not somebody that's involved in whatever it is you're talking about. They don't participate. But that word layman is not in the Bible either, just like clergy is not in the Bible. Christianity is not a spectator sport, y'all. 
It is a full contact, all hands on deck kind of thing. That's what it is. And the 1500s came along, the Protestant Reformation. Martin Luther came out and he took his theses and he pounded them on the doors of the church. And one of the things that he addressed in there was the priesthood of all believers. He said, all of us are called to be ministers, not just me. And everybody's like, wow, that is so amazing. That's so life-giving. And you know what happened? Do you know what changed? Nothing. Nothing. We still continued on with clergy and lay people. We still have preachers. It's 2,000 years later. We still have preachers and we still have lay people. Y'all expect me to get into God's word and have a relationship with God and come here every Sunday and tell y'all about it and while you lay around and do nothing with it. I'm not saying that's everybody here, but that's, that's just, in general, that's, that's what happens. But it, it's not just for me. I am not the only minister, or rather the only preacher here. You're all supposed to preach. Maybe you're not supposed to preach on a stage, but every single one of you, your lives is supposed to preach a message to people. We're all supposed to share God's word. I am not the only preacher. That's just, I'm just not. That's never God's intention that I preach and you listen. It's not how he set things up. You're all preachers. See, that's why we have growth track. That's why we do it. And we, we stay consistent to it. The first four Sundays of every month, we have steps one, two, three, and four. We have growth track so that you can understand things like this, to understand you have a role, you have a place, and that you are supposed to be one of the preachers. We want you to understand that fact. So today, let, before I get too far into that, let me just finish by giving you three truths and we're going to pray. The first is that God has called all of us to minister to the world around us. All of us, every single one of us, you are called to minister to the world around you. That, that is a fact for your life. In fact, in Ephesians 4, Ephesians 4 says the gift that God has given me or who I am, the gift that God has given to me or given to the body is, is a pastor. That's my job. And a pastor is not to be the minister. Do you know what my job is? Ephesians 4 tells me my job is to equip you for ministry. That's what it says. It's to equip you for the work of the ministry. The saints, you are a minister. So I'm doing my part, and now you have to do yours. You have to take how I've equipped you, if you're willing, and allow God's power to ignite within your life and to ignite that gifting inside of you. You've got a job to fan it into flame. You've got a job to put it into action. But if I do my part and you do our part, your part, we'll see the world around us change. Amen, everybody? In fact, I'll tell you this, there's no better sleep you're going to have at night than knowing that you go to bed and you, that you have tapped into God's purpose, his giftings, and his plan for your life. There's no better sleep that you'll ever experience. Same thing happened to Jesus can happen to you. In Acts 10, 38, it says that God anointed Jesus. God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and power. If you want that, you can have that too. But note that this verse doesn't say that he anointed him with Holy Spirit and power for wild and exciting church services. No, that is not what he gave the Holy Spirit for. Unfortunately, charismaniacs, which is, which is a loving term that we have, have turned church services into a celebration of the gift of the Holy Spirit and not the giver of that gift. We've started worshiping the wrong thing. And we think that it's so important that we come here and we get, oh, I got Holy Spirit goosebumps. 
I got, I felt it today. Bless the Lord Jesus, it was good. And then we walk out the door unchanged, untransformed. We treat our spouses and our waitresses terrible. But boy, we had a good church service. It was fire. There's people down front. It was all over the altar. People snotting and crying. It was good. Huh. It's not what the Holy Spirit is for. He's not here for your personal entertainment. He's here to empower you to be a light in dark places, y'all. That's why he's here. No, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with you having Holy Spirit goosebumps during service and you feel the presence of God. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that that's a problem. I'm saying that when you've made it all about that, you've missed the mark. You, you've missed the mark. That verse continues on. It says that he, they, that he was uh, anointed with the Holy Spirit in power and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of evil, of the devil, excuse me, because God was with him. See, that's for you. Each and every single one of you can walk underneath that anointing, underneath that power to make a difference, to see people under the power of the devil delivered because God will be with you. It's for every one of you. And if I can get just a few of you to start believing it and living like that, we'll change the city forever. We'll change the city forever. Paul said to the Ephesians in Ephesians 2, chapter, or verse 10, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to go to church. No. No, to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Now, pay attention to that verse. It says that God had a thing for you to do before you were ever created. He didn't wait on you to pop out of the womb and say, okay, well, they've got this temperament, they're wired this way, so I'll give them this thing to do. No. God said, I've got this good work for you to do with your life. I've got this amount of people. I've got this circle of influence that I need you to walk in. And because I need you to walk in that, because this is my purpose for you, I'm going to go ahead and make you according to my purpose for you. What that means is that, that your design determines your destiny. I'm going to say that over here. Your design determines your destiny. That the way God made you, he made you before you ever popped out of the womb, before any one of your days ever came to pass, he knew what he intended for your life to be. And if you discover your design, you'll understand why you're here. And that's good news. That's really good news. You are made on purpose to fit his purpose. That's what a spiritual gift is. In 1 Corinthians 12, 7, it says, a spiritual gift is given to each one of us so we can help each other. What I'm doing is I'm asking you to believe this and get involved. I'm asking you to, to, to stop being worried about being entertained so the cause of Christ can be advanced here on earth. Here's the second thing I want you to know about spiritual gifts because a lot of people miss this, is that every gift God has given is unique and important. Every gift God has given is unique and important. Every gift. We can't sit around and covet Say, man, I wish, I wish I was the pastor. Well, if I had a P in front of my name, do you know the things that I could do? Do you know the respect I could do? Do you know the ministry I could do? No. Well, let me tell you something. You don't need a P in front of your name to do good works. That's pastor, by the way, the P in front of your name. <laughs> Sorry, I just realized I was maybe talking insider lingo there. You got a, you got a P in front of your name. Uh, not P in front of your name. That's... <laughs> You understand. Yeah, thanks. 
things. Some of you are like, I wish I could be, I wish I could be a pastor. I wish I, could, I wish I could preach. Or I wish I could be on staff. Then, if I was only that, if I was only made like them, then, well, then I would be, mm-mm. No, everyone is unique. And everybody's role is important. Everybody. 1 Peter 4.10 says, God has given gifts to each of you from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Manage them well. That's your responsibility. Manage them well so that God's generosity can flow through you. Our job is to discover what those gifts are and to manage them well. And get, that means get good at using them, right? It means get good at using them so that, so that God didn't give you all these gifts just so that you could be awesome. He gave you these gifts so that you could make a difference in somebody's life so his generosity could flow through you. In fact, 1 Corinthians 12 talks all about gifts, and I'm not going to read it today. You should just go read it. But it gives you a great picture, and it talks about each one of the gifts being a body part, and that each one of us has a body part, a, a, body, a part in the body to uh, fulfill. Here, babe, we're going to do this. And I, and I started thinking about that. I started thinking about, like, you know, we, we really do get, like, jealous of other people's roles. And I tried to think, of like, what is, what is the one body part that a lot of people would like to be? And I think it's a hand. If you'd ask me if I was, like, a foot, I would say, you know, the one body part I want to be is the hand. Everybody sees the hand. Everybody shakes the hand. The hand gets to do lots of cool things. Gets the high fives, you know. Money gets put in the hand. You get to hold hands with that special someone. Like, you know, the foot's over here, like, nobody ever sees me. A lot of times I stink. I get, I get walked on. Come on, that's not in my notes. I'm going to write that down. That's good. I get walked on. Carry the weight. Ooh, I like this. I don't even have to preach anymore. See, look at the body doing what the body's supposed to do. I got hair growing in weird places, made me look like a hobbit. <laughs> but we're afoot, and we think it'd be better to be a hand. We go, you know what? And so what happens is because we long for it, we try to act like a hand, and we forget our giftings. Go ahead, babe, throw that water bottle to me. I'm going to try to catch it. What just happened? Why didn't I jump? Okay, so, so notice a couple things happened. First of all, the body had to get involved in a couple ways. First, the tongue came out to help me with balance because I just went off balance. No, no, pay attention. I'm trying to, with my foot to be a hand. Then my hand couldn't do what it was supposed to do, which was catch that water bottle. And now I had to put my hand on the table. Now we're all operating in ways that we're not supposed to because my foot had to be a hand. We got off balance, off purpose. When we covet what somebody else's gifting is, and long to be somebody else's gifting. We come, and, and, and I'm going to tell you something. If you're going to live a life of comparison like that, you're going to live a life that is constantly robbed of joy. The foot that wants to be the hand is constantly robbed of joy. You need to find value in being a foot. Because a foot can kick. A foot can dance. A foot can jump. A foot can run. You can walk without falling. Hands can't do that. We need not just our hands. We also need our feet. We need all body parts. Well, let me explain to you this way. Imagine being at a banquet. Everybody's had a great time. Banquet's coming to a close, and one person is carrying a plate of yummy dessert. They trip, they fall, the dessert spills. What kind was it? 
Doesn't matter. Just stay with me, okay? <laughs> Just stay with me. <laughs> the way the different gifts show up is, is if you are a person that has a gift of mercy, you would say, oh, I'm so sorry. Are you okay? Or if you're, you're a preacher... You show up to that scenario, somebody who's just dropped their pie or whatever it is, or their dessert. You said, that's what happens when you're not careful, right? Because that's what preachers do. That's what happens when you're not careful. Or if, you're, if you have a grace gift of serving on your life, you show up and go, don't worry about it. I'll, I'll clean it up. I got this. I'll take care of it. Or if you're the teacher, if you've got a teaching gift, you say, the reason it fell is because your plate was too heavy on the one side. And the way you were walking was, right, we're just going to tell them how they got there and how the pie fell. The reason reasons for it. If you have the gift of exhortation, maybe you'd say, that's okay. It could happen to anybody. No sweat. Or maybe you're the gift of giving on your life, and you say, here, take my dessert. Don't worry about it. Take mine. Or maybe you got the gift of administration. You're like, Jim, go get the mop. John, you clean it up. Mary, why don't you fix another dessert for him, right? You just got, you got all the people in order to get the job done. But these are how all of our different gifts, same room, People look at things in a different way. They look at it through their giftings. But they're all working, essentially, to make a difference. And how do you know which gift is yours? That's what Growth Track is about. Step one in the Growth Track is all about, hey, get connected to a church community, right? It'll help you decide whether this one's for you. It doesn't have to be for you, but it could be for you, right? I like it. There's a lot of people to do. But, but you need to be in a church. You know, there are over 30 verses in the Bible that are one another's that you cannot do unless you are part of a body, somewhere. You need to be in a local church, so find you a local church. If it's not ours, that's okay. But step one does that, but step two goes into, we're going to give you a spiritual gifts assessment. We're going to give you a disc assessment as well, which is about your personality. We want to understand how God has wired you and made you to make a difference. We want to help you discover your design and your purpose. That's what we do, because it reveals, the understanding that reveals what you were made to do. So that's, that's, that's why we do the growth track. It's the four Sundays after service. It's, it's about an hour. It's right over here. We just do it right after service. You head over there. Now, I do understand that there are some challenges for some parents. You're like, what do I do with my kids? We don't have child care right now. And we do intend to, to get back to a place where we'll do growth track during service, but we need classrooms to do that. And I'll tell you more about that next week if you're here. But, so we have this new thing called di- growth track in a digital format. You can do it at your convenience whenever you need to. And if you want to know about that, Stop by the growth track table, talk to that team that, that is serving there, and they'll get you the information for it. But growth track is important because it'll help you understand why you're here. David said this in Psalm 139. He said, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. And watch this. Because he knows that, he says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. This part, this moment is missing for a lot of you because you don't know why you're made. You don't know how you're made. You don't know your purpose. And so you're missing that gratitude. You're missing that praise. You're missing that fulfillment. But David's like, nah, I got mine. I know why I'm here. And I'm really thankful for it. It satisfies me in a deep place. And he says, my soul knows it. He goes on and says, your works are wonderful. I know that full well. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. See, when you surrender your life to the Holy Spirit, you'll discover why you're here, and you'll begin to see God's handwriting in your story. And while it's true, you have written a few of those chapters that God has had to say, I will redeem them and use them for my glory and for your good. But when you surrender, he begins writing your story in a different way. You begin to see your life play out 
according to his purpose and his plan. And I'm telling you, what you'll wind up doing is you'll wind up saying the motto and the phrase that, that all of our dream teamers come to discover when they find out why they're here. They say, I was made for this. This is God's dream for you and my dream and hope for you too. That, man, you'll go to Growth Track, you'll figure out what it is that you are made for, why you are here. You get connected with that purpose and you start living it out. And that you will have a moment. Like if we had a church service. Anybody ever do testimony service where you come from? Come from a church where that used to do testimony service and they would pass around the microphone. That's kind of crazy to do. People say silly things sometimes on the microphone, you know. And you can't edit that or change that when it happens, you know. <laughs> you can't. That's why it's like before we give somebody a microphone, hey, what are you going to say? <laughs> but if they aren't real sure, we'll film them because we can edit that, you know. But or we say it for them. Oh, yeah, we say it for them. That's right, yeah. Uh, but I know we're not going to do that. But, but imagine if we had a testimony service like that and we're passing around the microphone and first person stands up and she says, well, my name's Cheryl Lee. And... <laughs> And I'm, and I'm a minister, and I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I lead the growth track team, and I was made for this. Or maybe Ryan, who stands up, says, I'm a minister, and I'm a follower of Christ. I serve as, as the guest services director. I make sure that everybody feels welcome and knows that we're glad that they're here. In fact, I love more than anything to tell people about Jesus. I have a gift of, of leadership and a gift of evangelism. I was made for this. What about Charles? I'm a minister. I'm a follower of Christ. I don't know if I was made to preach on a stage, but, but I sure make sure that guy on stage and that band sounds good. I work in the sound, and I make sure that, that everybody enjoys it. I have a servant heart. In fact, I also write my raps, and I'm not looking for fame. I'm just looking for the raps that I, I write and I put out on TikTok to inspire and lead people to Jesus. I was made for this. Or what about, my name's Ava. <laughs> that's, not, that's not her voice at all. I don't to do it. But I'm a minister, and I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I'm 16, but that doesn't keep me from using my gifts. God's given me the gift of music and singing. And so I sing, and I play, and I write for God's glory. And I lead others in worship. I was made for this. What about Connie? Connie stands up and grabs the microphone. I'm a follower of Christ. I'm a minister. I have a heart for kids to know Jesus. And I love to see their little hearts open to a relationship with God. I was made for this. What about Tracy? Tracy says, I'm a minister and I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm new to this whole bunch, but I don't care. Y'all made me feel so welcome that I want to spend my time making everybody feel just as welcome as you made me feel. I was made for this. What about Matt? Matt says, I'm a minister. I'm a Christ follower. And I serve in the parking lot. He said, I get it ready and I make sure you know we're glad that you're here. I was made for this. What about Caitlin? Caitlin steps up to the mic and says, I'm a minister. I'm a follower of Jesus. Y'all won't catch me out on the front lines. I have a gift of administration. I do everything behind the scenes. But I make everything that we do better 
because I was made for this. Or maybe you're Sylvia, and Sylvia hadn't been able to come back to church yet for a while. She tell you she's a minister. She's a Christ follower. I don't know why the tears are here, but but even though she hasn't been able to come back, she prays for you all the time. She's an encourager and has that gift. And uh, she was made for this. Oh, well, what about Aiden? Might as well. <laughs> Aiden's a minister and he's a follower of Christ. And Aiden has the spiritual gift of goofiness. <laughs> he connects well with our kids and our students, and he serves so well in our kids' ministry and our student ministry. He was made for this. That's my dream for each of you. That we have a testimony Sunday and you get to say, I was made for this. That you would walk in your giftings and your purpose. Because I'm Aaron, I'm a, I'm a minister and I'm a follower of Christ. My job is to help you get ready for your work in the ministry. To know why you're here. And I was made for this. All right, I got to close. So here's the last thing I want you to know about your spiritual gift, and I'm just going to give it to you. The gift God has given me, show me who I am. So many of you are confused. You're underneath so many labels. You're looking for them. You're, looking, you're doing an identity search. You're looking for the world to tell you who you are. You're looking for that, that identity, that label to tell you through your, maybe your hobbies and your interests or your career your community, the people around you, maybe it's you, the, the people in your family. I'm a dad, I'm a mom, I'm a brother, I'm a sister. You're, you're looking for your identity. You're looking for why you're here. You're looking for it in your sexuality. You're looking for it in your politics. You're looking for it in, in, in your gender. Let me tell you something. You're never going to know who you are until you turn to the one who made you. And Paul gives us our final thoughts for the day. He says in Romans 12, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. Don't, don't think of yourself more highly. You need to have a, thinking highly of yourself means you've got an improper view. He says, but, but rather think of yourself in sober judgment. Have the right mind about yourself. Have some clarity around who you are. Have some clarity around, around uh, yourself. How do we do that? Paul tells us. He says, in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. It's, it's faith. It's faith that allows the one who created you to give you the right view. He goes on to say what will happen. He said, just as each of us is one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts. Let me say that to you in a different way, and I'll close and we'll pray. Don't have the wrong view of who you are, but rather be set free and put in your, in your right mind by allowing the one who created you to show you who you are and what you were created to do. Amen, everyone? Amen. Let's pray. Father, you know, this is my hope for everybody today, and, uh, and I know that it's yours as well. <laughs> you know the things that have caused us to be confused and to be disconnected and to be distracted and to be removed from proper view of ourselves. And so we see ourselves improperly, but we're asking today, God, I'm asking for you to give us a sober mind so that we can clearly see ourselves. 
we can clearly see our need for you and for your spirit and for understanding the spiritual gifts you've given us. Because we understand that need, because we understand why that matters, we'll make commitments today. We'll make commitments to sign up for Growth Check. We'll make commitments to getting connected to your purpose and your plan. We'll, we'll attend to it. We'll manage the gifts that you've given us well and give attention to how you've designed us. Lord, give us the faith that we need. Let it rise on the inside of us as we begin to see ourselves and to see why we're here clearly. Now, that may be your prayer today, and as we continue praying, every head bowed and every eye closed, but the, the very first thing you need is to open the gift of salvation. But the Holy Spirit comes and spiritual gifts come after you've said yes to Jesus, after you've made him Lord of your life. Those things are given to you. And so if you're ready to do that, I'm not going to embarrass anybody. In fact, we're going to celebrate every decision that gets made today. But if you're ready to open that gift of salvation and say, Jesus, I'm ready for this. I want to be forgiven. I need a brand new start. I need you to make me right with God. There's, there's nothing I've been able to do on my own that's been able to do that. And Jesus, you paid it all. If you're ready to receive that gift today, I'm going to pray a prayer. And it's not the words that, that make you saved or usher you into, into a relationship with God. It's the faith that's in your heart. And many of you are feeling that tug right now, and that's the Holy Spirit leading you. Just say yes. Just respond. God's not looking for perfection. He's looking for you to say yes. If you're ready to say yes, I'm going to pray this prayer. Would you just slip up your hand and say, Aaron, I'm saying yes. Do that now. Say yeah. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For those of you that are saying yes today, pray along with me. And Christians, if you're in this room, pray too. Because uh, nobody needs to pray alone. Say, Jesus, I need you. Forgive me of my sins. Make me brand new. Fill me with your spirit. Show me why I'm here. Teach me to live for you, Jesus. Thank you. Amen. And the Bible says if you prayed that prayer that all of heaven's having a party, simple church, come on, celebrate with the people that said yes today. Come on. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. We hope it has given you hope and helped you know God a little bit more. The goal of this podcast is to reach beyond our walls and connect with people far from God. If you'd like to join us in doing that, there are several ways for you to get involved. First, you can pray for us as a church. Prayer is our first response and our greatest resource. Pray for opportunities that we can boldly step into, make a difference in our community and around the world as we proclaim the good news of Jesus. Second, share this episode on your social media accounts and directly with your friends. It's easy to do through whatever platform you're currently using to listen to this message. Just click share and follow the prompts. Finally, you can support the mission through your generosity. The best part about this is that it's also an act of worship where you express the priority of your love for God and others through your finances. Links to give are in the show notes or simply visit www.mysimple.church giving. We are so thankful you joined us today. Hope you'll consider joining the mission of our church in some way. Thank you again, and we'll see you at next week's episode.